0: Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading The Wishing Table, the Gold Ass, and the Cuttle of the Sack. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. There was once upon a time a tailor who had three sons and only one goat. <laughs> only the one? Only the one. Ah, oh. But as the goat supported the whole of them with her milk, she was obliged to have good food and to be taken every day to pasture. The sons, therefore, did this in turn. So every day each son... Takes her to a pasture. At, yeah. Once the eldest took her to the churchyard, where the finest herbs were to be found, Ooh. and let her eat and run about there. At night... When it was time to go home, he asked, "'Goat, have you had enough?' The goat answered, (laughs) "'Of course. "'I have eaten so much, not a leaf more I'll touch. "'Meh, meh!' "'Come home, then,' said the the youth, "'and took hold of the cord round her neck "'and led her into the stable and tied her up securely. (laughs) (laughs) we need that detail.' (laughs) "'Well,' said the old tailor, "'has the goat had as much food as she should?' "'Oh,' answered the son, "'she has eaten so much, not a leaf more she'll touch.' The father wished to see for himself, though, and he went down to the stable, stroked the dear animal, and asked, "'Goat, are you satisfied?' (laughs) The goat answered, "'Why should I be satisfied? Among the graves I leapt about, and found no food, so went without. Mare! Mare!' "'What? Hang on a second! "'What do I hear?' (gasps) cried the tailor, and he ran upstairs and said to the youth, Hollow, you liar! You said the goat had had enough, and have let her hunger!' And in his anger, he took the yard measure from the wall, drove him out with blows. So he's kicked out his eldest son. He's like, get out, you lying son. Get out. That goat is a duplicitous so-and-so. Next day, it was the turn of the second son, who looked out for a place along the garden hedge, where nothing but good herbs grew, and the goat cleared them all off. At night, when he wanted to go home, he asked, Goat, are you satisfied? The goat answered, I've eaten so much, not a leaf more I'll touch. Meh, meh. Oh, I thought they'd have a new rhyme, but that's a shame. Come home, then, said the youth. (laughs) Of course. And led her home and tied her up in the stable. Not securely this time. No. No. Oh, Oh, that won't be coming back as a problem. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) At this juncture, I'd like to point out, this is one of the longest ones. It's kind of the youth who went forth length. So settle down. Okay. You're about to be taken on a journey. Well, said the tailor, has the goat had as much food as she should? Oh, answered the son, she has eaten so much, not a leaf more she'll touch. <laughs> mm. The tailor would not rely on this, and he went down to the stable and said, Goat, have you had enough? The goat answered, why should I be satisfied among the graves I leapt about and found no foods that went without? Meh, meh. What? The godless wretch, cried the tailor, What to let such a good animal hunger. And he ran up and drove the youth outside with the yard measure. Oh no. Now came the turn of the third son, who wanted to do the thing well. And he sought out some bushes with the finest leaves, and he let the goat devour them. In the evening, when he wanted to go home, he asked, Goat, have you had enough? The goat answered, I've eaten so much, not a leaf more I'll touch. Meh, meh. (laughs) Come home, then. Oh no, he's fallen for it as well. And he led her into the stable and tied her up, not securely. Well, said the old tailor, has the goat had a proper amount of food? She's eaten so much, not a leaf more she'll touch. The tailor did not trust to that, but went down and asked, Go, have you had enough? The wicked beast answered the same, Why should I be satisfied? Among the graves I leapt about, and found no leaves, so went without. Meh, meh. So, the the first time that made sense. Yeah, yeah. Among the graves I jumped about, because he went to the church. The other two times it wasn't anywhere near the graves. Well, I think this is something the father might kick himself about later. The clues were there. Right, yeah. The clues were there that this was not perhaps accurate. yeah. But at the moment, he believes him. Oh, "Oh, the brood of liars! cried the tailor. Each as wicked and forgetful of his duty as the other. You shall no longer make a fool of me. And quite beside himself with anger, he ran upstairs and belaboured the poor young fellow so vigorously with the yard measure that he sprang out of the house. Oh no, he sprang. Why are you just (laughs) flying out? The old tailor was now alone with his goat. Next morning, he went down into the stable, caressed the goat and said... Come, my dear little animal, I will take you to feed myself. He took her, but he loves this goat. Oh, you really does. He took her by the rope and led her to green hedges and amongst milfoil and whatever else goats like to eat. There, you may for once eat to your heart's content," said he to her, and he led her browse till evening. Browse, <laughs> browse. <laughs> just browse in the web, am <laughs> like, <"Do>, <laughs> no, 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 sure, I'm just browsing. <laughs> uh, then he asked, "Goat, are you satisfied?" She replied, oh, "I've eaten so much; not a leaf more i touch. Meh." Come home, then, said the tailor, and led her into the stable and tied her fast. When he was going away, he turned round again and said, Well, are you satisfied for once? But the goat, he thinks, she's going to say, yeah, Yeah. of course, finally. But the goat did not behave the better to him and cried, Why should I be satisfied? Among the graves I leapt about and found no leaves, so went without. (laughs) When the tailor heard that, he was shocked. And he saw clearly that he had driven away his three sons without cause. Wait, you ungrateful creature, cried he. It's not enough to throw you out. I will mark you so that you will no more dare to show yourself amongst honest tailors. What, <laughs> honest oh, tailors? Don't mess with the tailors. <laughs> in great haste, he ran upstairs, fetched his razor, lathered the goat's head, <laughs> shaved her as clean as the palm of his hand. What? And as the yard measure would have been too good for her, he brought the horse whip oh, and no. gave her such cuts with it that she ran away in violent haste. So now the goat's gone. When the tailor was thus left quite alone in his house, he fell into great grief and would gladly have had his sons back again. But no one knew where they'd gone. Oh, no. Well, we do. We do. Adam, I'm about to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) The eldest had apprenticed himself to a carpenter. Oh, nice. And he learnt industriously and indefatigably. And when the time came for him to go travelling... His ma- right, what? sorry. It the time mo- came for him no, to go travelling? It all moves so fast. So in this one sentence, you're learning what the eldest son has done. Carpentry. He's now finished that, and he's going to go travelling, and his master's about to give him a gift. Wow. All in one sentence. His master presented him with a little table, which had no particular appearance. So this is like... It's no particular paid. appearance? He doesn't have an appearance. <laughs> Where is it? Where's the table? So he's not been paid at all. This is his payment. That's like hands. It was made of common wood, but it had one good property. If anyone set it out and said, little table, set yourself. (laughs) The little table was at once covered with a clean little cloth, and a plate was there, and a knife and fork beside it, and dishes with boiled meats and roasted meats, (gasps) as many as there was room for, and a great glass of red wine shone so that it made the heart glad. Oh wow! So that does remind me of something. Oh. Uh, they went with roasted rather than baked this time, which I'm pleased to uh, <laughs> announce. The young journey—that's uh, a reference to another story we've read. Oh yes, so indeed. If you dip into our back catalogue, <laughs> the young journeyman thought, "With this, you have enough for your whole life." And he went joyously about the world and never troubled himself at all whether an inn was good or bad, or if anything was to be found in it or not. So he doesn't—he doesn't mind if he's gone to a bad pub. Just or a dodgy care. hotel he's got a table that gives him all the it's food all good all the roasted meats and when it suited him he he's not enter in at all but mm. either on the plane in a wood a meadow wherever he fancied on the plane he took, he took <laughs> he's an American no need for airline food for me I've got my table sir <laughs> so can you put your table in the uh, overhead <laughs> no <laughs> I've got boiled and roasted meats <laughs> <laughs> Sir, the other passengers are complaining I don't care I don't care Give them Do they want roasted meats? Sure Meat for all the players. Meat for everyone <laughs> oh. <laughs> P-L-A-I-N Thank you very much I see It's on the prairie I see <laughs> Yeah, so he's got everything he wants And he's having a great little travel But at some point he thought I want to go home and see Dad Who mm-hmm. won't be angry anymore, surely And uh, Hopefully not And he'd love to see my wishing table So he's heading home Yeah it came to pass that on his way home one evening, he came to an inn which was filled with guests. They bade him welcome and invited him to sit and eat with them, for otherwise he would have difficulty in getting anything. as larders are a little low. Mm-hmm. But uh, the carpenter said, no, I will not take the few bites out of your mouths. Rather than that, you shall be my guests. They laughed and thought that he was jesting with them. He, however, placed his wooden table in the middle of the room and said, Little table, set yourself. <laughs> Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> Instantly, it was covered with food, so good that the host could never have procured it, and the smell of it ascended pleasantly to the nostrils of the guests. Ooh. Go ahead, dear friends, said the carpenter, and when the guests saw that he meant it, did not need to be asked twice, but drew near, pulled out their knives, and attacked it valiantly. On guard, on guard, just attacking the meats. <laughs> And what surprised him the most was that when one dish became empty, a full one instantly took its place of its own accord. Now, the innkeeper's standing there watching this in the corner. Uh-huh. Uh, he was watching the affair, and he did not know at all what to say, but he thought, "Huh, you could easily find a use for such a cook as that in your kitchen.'' The carpenter and his comrades made merry until late into the night. At length they lay down to sleep, and the young apprentice also went to bed and set his magic table against the wall. The host's thoughts, however would let him have no rest. It occurred to him that there was a little old table in the storeroom which looked just like the apprentice's, and he brought it out quite softly and exchanged it for the washing table. No! Dastardly innkeeper. <sighs> Next morning, the carpenter paid for his bed, took up his table, never thinking that he'd got a false one, and went his way. He didn't even use it for breakfast. No, he's not. He's oh, had no. such a massive meal. Yeah, he just wants to get on the road. Oh, Fair thanks. enough. Don't... Early start. Don't dig into the plot holes, Adam. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so he... And then he finds himself back at his father's house. Well, my dear son... Oh, no. What have you learned? This is making me so tense, said he. Father, I've become a carpenter. Oh, no. A oh, good trade, replied the old man. But what have you brought back with you wait, from wait, your... Wait, wait, wait. Is he not apologised? No. What? No. He's just said, what have you learned?" That's disgusting. <laughs> a good trade, but what have you brought back with you from your apprenticeship? "'Father, the best thing which I have brought back with me is this little table.' "'The tailor inspected it on all sides. He walks around it. "'Oh, you did not make a masterpiece when you made that. (laughs) (laughs) "'It's a bad old table.' "'Oh, no!' "'But it is a table which furnishes itself,' replied the son. "'When I set it out and tell it to cover itself, "'the most beautiful dishes stand on it, and wine also, which gladdens the heart.' Just invite all our relations and friends. They shall refresh and enjoy themselves for once. Oh, no. It keeps getting worse. (laughs) When the company had assembled, he put his table in the middle of the room. Everyone's there. It's silent. You can hear a pin drop. There's hundreds of people. Oh, this is excruciating. And he's sort of smirking to himself. And he goes, little table, set yourself. Oh, no but the table did not stir. Because <laughs> it's a table. Just as bare as any other table which did not understand language. <laughs> <laughs> then, the, 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 the poor, then the poor apprentice became aware that his table had been changed and was ashamed at having to stand there like a liar. The relations, however, mocked him and were forced to go home without having eaten or drunk. The father brought out his patches again and went on tailoring because he thought, "Well, I'm a made man now; I don't need to tailor anymore." But he's got to, he's got to carry on tailoring. Oh no! And the son went, uh, found another carpenter and joined his workshop. Somewhere. Oh, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Now that's should we, should we check in with the second son? Yeah, please. You might see why this is the longest one of the longest. <laughs> I can see where it's going, kind of. <laughs> the second son had gone to a miller and apprenticed himself to him. Went, mm-hmm. uh oh, alarm bell. Uh oh. We don't like millers. No. Nope. When, uh, when the years were over, the master said, oh, "'As you've conducted yourself so well, "'I give you an ass of a peculiar kind, <laughs> "'which neither draws a cart nor carries a sack.' Well, "'What use is he, then?' asked the young apprentice. "'He lets gold drop from his mouth,' answered the miller. "Oh! "'If you set him on a cloth and say, "'Brickle-Brit,' <laughs> the good animal will drop pe- gold pieces for you.' "'Sorry, say what?' "Bricklebrit, brit "'Brickle-Brit.' 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 Right, all you have to do is all you have to do is uh, lay out the cloth, pop the ass in the cloth okay. and say brickle brick. Alright, cheers, master. And it's gonna spit out gold for it's you. It's been a lovely apprenticeship. Uh, yeah, stay well. Yeah, cheers. I'm off. That is a fine thing, said the apprentice, and he thanked the master and went out into the world. When he had need of gold, he had only to say brickle brit to his ass, and it rained gold pieces, and he had nothing to do but pick them off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bizarre. <laughs> that's so bizarre. <laughs> that's so bizarre. Wherever he went, the best of everything was good enough for him, and the dearer the better, for he always had a full purse. When he had looked about the world for some time, so he's had a lovely gap year, he yeah. thought, You must seek out your father. If you go to him with the gold ass, he will forget his anger and receive you well. He ended up at the same inn where his brother's table had been exchanged. He led his ass by the bridle and the host was about to take the animal from him and tie him up. But the young apprentice said, don't, don't trouble yourself. Uh, I'll take my grey horse into the stable and tie him up myself too, for I know where he stands. This struck the host as odd, and he thought that a man who was forced to look after his ass himself could not have much to spend. But when the stranger put his hand in his pocket and brought out two gold pieces and said he was able to buy something good, the host opened his eyes wide oh, wow. and ran and sought out the best fare he could muster. After dinner, the guest asked what he owed. The host did not see why he should not double the reckoning and oh. said the apprentice must give two more gold pieces. So the host is fleecing him. Absolutely. He felt in his pocket, but his gold was just at an end. Wait an instant, sir host, said he. I will go and fetch some money. But he took the tablecloth with him. And the host thinks this is a bit weird, hmm. a bit curious, and he stole after him. And the, the sun is in the stable now, and the host is like peeking through a knot in the wood, mm-hmm. And he watches the whole thing. The stranger spread out the cloth under the animal and cried, Brickle brit! <laughs> and immediately the beast began to let gold pieces fall. Eh, my word, said the host. Ducats are quickly coined there. A purse to like that... To what? Tha- Ducats. Ducats? It's a kind of... It's a type of money that used to be used. Ah, uh, okay. A purse like that can't be wrong. The guest paid his score and went to bed, but uh, in the night the host came down and led away the master of the mint and tied up another ass in his place. Oh, sneaky. Early next morning, the apprentice travelled away with his ass, and thought that he had his gold ass. He didn't. <laughs> At midday, he reached his father, who rejoiced to see him and gladly took him in. "'What have you made of yourself, my son?' asked the old man. "'A miller, dear father,' he answered. "'What have you brought back with you from your travels?' "'Nothing else but an ass.' <laughs> he, just wants, "'He just wants gifts, doesn't he? "'What a selfish man.' "'There are asses enough here,' said the father. "'I would rather have had a good goat.' He really misses the goat, I think the father. So <laughs> like, there's plenty of asses, boy. There's not that's not a decent goat. <laughs> "Yes," replied the son, "but it is not a common ass, but a gold ass." "Oh, yeah. When I say brickle-brit, the good beast opened its mouth and drops a whole sheet full of gold pieces. Just summon all our relations and I will make them rich folks." "Oh, that suits me well," said the tailor. "For then I shall have no need to torment myself any longer with the needle." And he ran out. Sorry, he's a heroin addict. <laughs> oh, I need to give it up, son. Please. And he ran, He just ran off out of the house. <laughs> got all the just relations together. And they're, they're like, wait, last time we got together, it was a total waste of time. Why are we doing it again? It's an embarrassing disaster. But uh, everyone came. Oh, dear. And so there's just like a sea of people. The miller bade them to make way. And he spread yep. out his cloth in the middle. And he brought his ass into the room. Yep. Now watch, said he, and cried, Brickle brick! <laughs> But no gold pieces fell, and it was clear that the animal knew nothing of the art. For every ass does not attain such perfection. <laughs> Tell me about it, right? No. <laughs> you're not wrong, you're not wrong. The poor miller made a frown, and he, <laughs> <laughs> and he saw that he was betrayed, and he begged pardon of the relatives. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm about really him. sorry. This has happened again. Um, it won't happen again. And they, I'm they, really they were sorry. like, oh, "Oh, not again!" And they all went home as poor as they came. There was no help for it. The old man had to pick up the needle again. Oh, <laughs> He's no. back on it. Oh no! And what, the, youth, the youth, the youth, hid himself out to a miller. Should we check in with the third brother? Let's do. Please do. The third brother had apprenticed himself to a turner, and has cri- to a what? A turner. <laughs> they just, you heard? They just turn stuff. <laughs> And as creating by lathe his skilled labour, he was the longest in learning. So he's a, he's a lather. He's making bowling balls. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why that takes longer than being a carpenter. But uh, Yeah, seriously, why? Mm. His brothers, however, told him in a letter how badly things had gone with them. Wait, so they are in touch with each other? Yeah. Right. Uh, so they told him how bad things were and how the innkeeper had cheated them of their beautiful wishing gifts mm-hmm. on the last evening before they reached home. Uh, when the turn is done, uh, he sets off on his travels as well. Uh, And as he had conducted himself so well, his master presented him with a sack, and said, There's a cudgel in it! (laughs) (laughs) I can put on a sack, said he, and it may be of good service to me, but why should the cudgel be in it? It only makes it heavy. I will tell you why, replied the master. If anyone has done anything to injure you, do but say, Out of the sack, cudgel. And the cudgel will leap forth among the people and play such a dance on their backs that they will not be able to stir or move for a week, and it will not leave off until you say, Into the sack, cudgel. No way. So this massive bat, basically, Mm. just floats out of the sack and beats people up for you. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) But you have to have it in the sack first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The apprentice thanked him and put the sack on his back. And when anyone came too near him and wished to attack him, he said, Out of the sack, cudgel! And instantly the cudgel sprang out and beat the coat or jacket of one after the other right on their backs and never stopped until it had stripped it off them. And it was done so quickly that before anyone was aware, it was already his own turn. Does that make sense? Yeah, but when is this an example or is this actually happening? Is you already yeah yeah no this is, this is happening. This is like a montage. Who, who's he beating up? People who get too near. Too close <laughs> on the tube. Blimey. On the tube, it'd be carnage on yeah, the underground. You're getting to the subway in the evening. The young Turner <laughs> reached the inn where his brothers had been cheated. He laid his sack on the table before him and began to talk of all the wonderful things which he had seen in the world. He's having a chat. He's just boasting oh, yeah. about the world. Yes, said he, people may easily find a table which will cover itself, a gold ass, and things of that kind. Extremely good things, which I by no means despise, but these are nothing in comparison with the treasure which I have won for myself, and I'm carrying with me in my sack there. The innkeeper pricked up his ears, he's Ooh. like hes like polishing a tankard. What in the world can that be? Thought he, the sack must be filled with nothing but jewels. I ought to get them cheap too, for all good things go in threes. He thinks uh, this is his lucky yeah. day. Rule of three, he's counting on that. Mm. Mm. When it was time for sleep, the guest stretched himself on a bench and laid his sack beneath him for a pillow. When the innkeeper thought he was asleep, he went up to him and pushed and pulled quite gently and carefully at the sack to see if he could possibly draw it away Mm. and lay another in its place. The turner, however, had been waiting for this for a long time. Clever chap. And now, just as the innkeeper was about to give a hearty tug, he cried, Out of the sack, cudgel! Hey... Instantly, the little cudgel came forth and fell on the innkeeper and gave him a sound thrashing. Oh, nice one. The host cried for mercy, but the louder he cried. So much more heavily, the cudgel beat the time on his back, until at length he fell to the ground exhausted. I'm just imagining a CGI cudgel just floating about beating (laughs) this guy up. It's like, oh, contorting. Then the turner said... If you do not give back the table which covers itself and the gold ass, the dance shall begin afresh. Oh, oh no, cried the host quite humbly. I will gladly <laughs> produce, quite humbly. I will gladly produce everything, only make the accursed goblin creep back into the sack. Then said the apprentice, I will let mercy take the place of justice, but beware of getting into mischief again. So he cried, into the sack cudgel, and let him have a rest. <laughs> Next morning he went home to his father with the wishing table and the gold ass. The tailor rejoiced when he saw him once more and asked him likewise what he had learned in foreign parts. Dear father, said he, I've become a turner. A skilled trade, said the father. What have you brought back with you from your travels? Oh, said, I sighed, father. no, come on. A precious thing, dear father, replied the son. A cudgel in the sack. <laughs> what? Cried the father. <laughs> he's not, he's a not cudgel? A that's, precious that's worth your trouble indeed. For every tree you can cut yourself one. But not one like this, dear father. If I say, Out of the sack, cudgel, the cudgel springs out and leads anyone who means ill with me a wary dance, and never stops until he lies on the ground and prays for fair weather. Look, with this cudgel, I've got back the wishing table and the gold ass, which the thievish innkeeper took away from my brothers. Now let them both be sent for and invite all our kinsmen. I will give them food and drink and will fill their pockets with gold too. The old tailor would not quite believe it. But nevertheless, he got the relatives together. He's like, oh, I'm not sure I believe it I'm still. not sure. I've been banged no, twice before. Off. Yeah. yeah. No, and these no. relatives as well. They're like, oh, okay, go on then. <laughs> they need to hear the boy who cried wolf. Fable. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, I'm grim reading. No, it's really not. The turner spread the cloth in the room and led in the gold ass and said to his brother, now, dear brother, speak to him. The miller said, Brickle or br- and instantly, the gold pieces fell down on the cloth hey. like a thunder shower. <laughs> and the ass did not stop until every one of them had so much that he could carry no more. I can see in your face that you would like to be there also. <laughs> Wait, me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, me? That's yes, the story saying that to that's me? That's for you, because how great is that? <laughs> that is amazing. I would love to be there. <laughs> then the turner brought the little table and said, Now, dear brother, speak to it. And scarcely had the carpenter said, Table, set yourself. Then it was spread and amply covered with the most exquisite dishes. Then such a meal took place as the good tailor had never yet known in his house. And the whole party of kinsmen stayed together till far into the night and were all merry and glad. The tailor locked away needle and thread, yard measure and flatron in a cupboard and lived with his three sons in joy and splendour. It's not the end. Is it not? Oh, I thought you were going to say the end. Well, Adam, what is a flatron? Okay. Don't uh, don't worry about that. I mean, there's a more pressing concern here. The goat comes back. What (laughs) happened to the goat? Exactly. Right. What, however, has become of the goat? Who was to blame for the tailor driving out his three sons? That I will tell you. Here you go. Yeah, you wanted to know what happened it with a goat. Really, really did. It's a loose end. This is amazing. She was ashamed that she had a bald head. I bet. And ran into a fox's hole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to hide her. Yeah, just hide her. It's a shame. Yeah. When the fox came home. He was met by two great eyes shining out of the darkness and was terrified and ran away. So the the goat's in a fox's den and the fox came home and it just saw the goat's eyes and was like, oh, and ran off. (laughs) A bear met him, the fleeing fox, and as the fox looked quite disturbed, he said, What is the matter with you, brother fox? Why do you look like that? Ah, answered Redcoat. The fierce beast is in my cave and stared at me with its fiery eyes. We will soon drive him out, said the bear, and went with him to the cave and looked in. But when he saw the fiery eyes, fear seized on him likewise. He would have nothing to do with the furious beast and took to his heels. So the bear's been freaked out as well. Well, I thought the bear was not going to be scared. The bee met him. (laughs) And as she saw that he was ill at ease, she said, Bear, why are you really making a very pitiful face? What has become of all your (laughs) gaieties? It's all very well for you to talk, replied the bear. This is mental. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she's like, what what is happening right now? What is going on? "'A furious beast with staring eyes is in Redcoat's house, and we can't drive him out!' The bee said, bear, I pity you. Z, I am a poor, weak creature whom you would not turn aside to look at, but still, I believe z, I can help you.' <laughs> she flew into the fox's cave, <gasps> Lighted on the goat's smoothly shorn head, just oh, been no. shaved. Yeah, perfect place to pop a little beasting. And stung her so violently that she sprang up, crying, "Meh, meh!" and <laughs> ran forth into the world as if mad. And to this hour, no one knows where she has gone. <gasps> the end. Process that one. I mean, can I lie <laughs> down and get back to you in twenty-four <laughs> hours? No. That w- there's so much to process. So basically, a lying goat uh, forces a tailor to kick out three sons. Kick out his three sons. Doesn't believe them. Believes the goat because he loves the goat more than his he own lo- sons. He loves that goat. They apprentice themselves to different. Industries. Industries. While well, they've been exiled from the father's house, meanwhile the, the the father finds out the the goat has been lying, and his yeah. sons were actually fine and shouldn't have been kicked out. He so he shaves the goat as punishment yeah. and sends it packing. Then after a while, the sons have learnt their trade, and one by one they decide to come home. They're yeah. each given a magical gift. Yes. Uh, the first to get their gifts stolen by a stupid innkeeper. Yeah. Uh, foolishly, and they get back and make. An absolute like, (laughs) you just have to keep raising the stakes. Like, I'm not going to check. I'm not going to check. I'm just going to assume this thing I'm holding is still the magical thing. I'm going to get all my family together, everyone I've not seen for years, (laughs) and then I'm going to try it out. It's like cringe comedy or something. It was Mm -hmm. just, the stakes have been raised so high, you just know it's going to be so bad. excruciating <laughs> and uh, it was only through some f- fortuitous l- letter sending <laughs> that the third son was able to be aware of the mm-hmm. thieving uh, innkeeper and, and save the day it's yeah. crazy and then of course we catch up with the goat what I like about that is though it doesn't even tell you what happened to the goat no it's like you want to know what happened to the goat well, here's what <laughs> happened this happened and then it ran off and no one knows if it's still alive <laughs> that's not what happened that's, that's not, just another chapter in the, the bald goat saga <laughs> I want more I mean, <laughs> I genuinely love that story. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I wasn't sure you would. That's one of my favourites. Wow. Oh, no, seriously, it is. Well, I completely forgot to say, when you chose this story, do you remember we sort of stopped talking about it? I wrote a list of stories I want to hear. I wrote 10 stories oh, yeah, I about would line. pick. Yeah. This was on there. No way. We yes. finally had another one. It was buried somewhere, that <laughs> list, and I found it, and this was one of the ones I wanted to hear. Amazing. So, brilliant. Nice one. And you loved it. I really loved it. Happy days. I mean, it's epic in scale, in a same way to... It's not as mad as the story uh, of The Youth Who Went forth to feel it was. Like, that was just mental. Like, was yeah. all kinds of mental, yeah. crazy stuff going on yes. that you're just like... But the way the story is constructed, you, like, go off on these weird tangents, mm. and then a long time later, you're like, let's check in on the second son. <laughs> it really takes its time to tell the story, and yeah. I think it's great. Oh, I'm glad. I think you get invested in these long ones. You do, yeah. And that was perhaps a tiny bit shorter than the youth, but mm-hmm. it was basically equally as long. They're the yeah. two longest we've had. And I think uh, it pays off. A lot of questions. I mean, starting at the beginning, <laughs> why does the goat eat herbs? Why not just grass? Don't know. It wasn't playing in... It wasn't jumping around graves, apart from the first day. Yeah, but I think, as I say, that was the as key, kid just ki- lying. It came up go, with the rhyme the first time and just stuck with that. This is a solid tune. But then why <laughs> did he... What was his game? For the first three times, he managed to turn the sons against the father. But then yeah. what was there to gain the fourth time? It was his only ally. Yeah. He turned him against him and then he got kicked out. He feels to me like a, like a parrot. He doesn't yeah. have any intelligence. He's just like just saying, right. repeating yeah. phrases. He's not devious. He's just a nutcase. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Or? No, but sure, <laughs> why not? And then <laughs> right at the end, we get introduced to the fox and the bear and the bee. Just like. Yeah. We, we sound ancillary them... characters. First bear. Yeah. Oh, that's First true. First yeah. bear. We met Reynard again. It's nice to see Reynard. It's nice to see old uh, Redcoat. Redcoat. And um, one thing I've realised about this story is that sto- these stories often take like weird left turns or something. Mm. You don't often have a kind of. Meanwhile, this has been going on. Mm. Meanwhile, this has been going on. Like, parallel mm-hmm. storylines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a really satisfying part of that story structure, I think. And then it all ties up. Oh, that's great. So I was thinking on a bigger level, what could this story mean? Is there a moral? Is there a message? <sighs> and I was focusing on um, the magical objects. The table, mm-hmm. the cudgel, and the ass. And the only thing I thought they could represent, perhaps, is food. The table represents food. Mm-hmm. The ass represents money. So I thought, okay, these are fundamental building blocks of life. But then I thought the coil just represents weapons. (laughs) Violence. (laughs) Pure violence. The three principles of life. Everything you need. Money, food, and violence. (laughs) (laughs) But then in a way, but that got me to think that ultimately the story is about the honest win out against the dishonest. Mm -hmm. The lying goat and the thieving innkeeper, they lose everything. Yeah. Against the hard-working, honest brothers. Yeah. But it's interesting because ultimately, honesty needs to be backed up by strength. Yeah. Because they had been tricked out of their goods. Yeah. Even though they were honest. And without the cudgel, they would have lost it It took a magical flying cudgel to get their yeah. stuff back. You have to back yourself up with strength. You have to have yeah. strength. Otherwise, you can lose everything. So... Justice is done, but it's all done within the family. It didn't take a prince or a someone to rescue someone. No. They sort of figure it out themselves. Yeah, that's, that's having nice. a strong family bond with an f- interesting father. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like the, the dad. <laughs> He's not great, is he? That's yeah, that's interesting. Obviously, d- it reminds you of different parts of other stories. Yeah, so definitely. the the wishing table reminds you of the wishing cloth, which does pretty much the same function. Except uh, yes. baked meats instead of roasted meats. I mean, the thing is, the the food's probably less good because here, because with the wishing cloth you get boiled meats and baked meats. With the wishing table, you get knife and fork, plate, glass That's of wine, true. Yeah, and it's roasted better. meats. It's better, However, actually. it's less portable. Because he lugging a table yeah, around true, is a pain in the backside, whereas yeah, you can just you can just fold up a lovely little wishing cloth in your backpack. That's true. No, that's very true. So there's pros and cons. Is what I'm saying. If you're yeah. in, if you're in the shop, if you're in IKEA, rubbing your chin. One you should, like, solution's more portable. The other solution just is better quality. <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult, one that. There's not much out there on this, Adam. Ah, okay. As to the roots of the story, I've read competing accounts of who told it and where it was collected. But basically what we do know is it's one of the earliest. It was in their first version. And it's likely that they heard it quite a few times and they just patched together the final one from different accounts. Mm -hmm. However, I was most intrigued by the greedy, talking, lying goat and the gold-producing donkey. Mm-hmm. And I decided to sort of focus on that. <laughs> it's quite a long story, and uh, I don't want to get bogged down in anything else. I thought True. let's just zero in Pick on that. Pick on the best bits. My investigations first took me to the Greedy Goat Ice Cream Parlor, <laughs> who had a, or have an ice cream parlor in Borough Market in London. Oh, lovely. I've never come across a greedy, lying goat before. And this was the only sort of thing I could find that yeah. has greed connected to a goat. And I tried to get in touch with them yeah. to see if they were named after the wishing table, the gold ass and the cudgel in the sack. I, I thought they'd gone out of business because their email account wasn't working and uh, their yeah. Facebook wasn't working. However, on Wednesday, I was on a train from London, uh, minding my own business, when a uh, large group or a flock, I don't know the collective noun of teenage <laughs> girls came and sat next to me and they started talking about Greedy Goat ice cream. No way. Just when I closed the case, they said, "Ah, oh, we just made a Greedy Goat ice cream. They talk like that. <laughs> of course <laughs> they do. <laughs> kind of. And uh, <laughs> the other girls were like, oh, how was it? And they were like, it's made of goat milk. Oh, no. no. <sighs> so they didn't have any. But oh, it's what? still there. So Greedy Goat is still there. I thought they went out of business, but they're just not online. Amazing. So I'm going to, we're going to, next time we're in London, we we'll get to go, the bottom of this. So. Wow. We, That's interesting, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I told you there's not much out there on this. (laughs) I had no idea that this story would lead us on (laughs) to investigating a potentially still running ice cream business. Wow, <laughs> this rabbit hole goes a long way down. I do find myself going down some serious <laughs> rabbit holes. Still haven't heard back from Erin, uh, the writer of the Brothers Grimm movie. <laughs> Fingers crossed he gets in touch too. I certainly hope so. So yeah, that's pretty much as far as I got with the goat. Um, <laughs> uh, in terms of the donkey, the gold depositing donkey, my investigations took me to the first version of the Brothers Grimm, the 1812 one, which we yeah. talked about last week. And there's a few big twists, donkey-wise. First of all... (laughs) (laughs) What an extraordinary sentence. (laughs) In the first version of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales, we read the seventh edition. In the Mm -hmm. first edition, the donkey was called Bricklebrit. No way! What a twist. That is a twist. It wasn't just that you say Bricklebrit. The donkey was like, this is my donkey, Bricklebrit. Here you go, have the donkey, Bricklebrit. And that's why he would say Bricklebrit? I guess so. So that's what his if name. You're li- if you're listening to this now and you are planning on purchasing a donkey and you don't call it Bricklebrit when you yeah, get it, seriously, what are you doing? Shame on you! Yeah, shame Brit. on you, Bricklebrit. That's such a good name for a donkey, Bricklebrit. And it reminds me of uh, the old plastic toy stickle bricks. It's quite <laughs> I, a tenuous I, link. But... I can't quite picture them. They're like different size rectangles or sort of cuboids, okay, yeah. and they've got lots Coloured. of things sticking out, and mm. they you, they sort of slot together. You sort of fit them together, like. Giant Lego. They're pretty great. I think they're marketed under a different name in the US. But Don't, don't send me down another rabbit hole. I'm not going to be. And it turns out they're still in business. It turns out you can make a stickle brick, brickle brit donkey. <laughs> and then seven girls got on the train and they're talking about, did you see, have you been playing with your stickle bricks lately? <laughs> oh dear. That's not even the biggest uh, revelation of the donkey in the no first way. version. But his name is Brickle Yes. Yeah, so his name's Brickle Brit. Most importantly of all, if you remember, do you remember I said they sort of sanitised and cleaned up the uh-huh. the later editions? In the original version, the donkey spewed gold from both the front and the behind. Oh no, coming out of both ends. Yes indeed. <laughs> yes indeed. And as we said last time, you know, they tried to make it more child friendly. Yeah. And so they... they let's, let, let's just yeah. come out of the mouth this time. Yeah, exactly. Children can't handle it coming out... Now, this opened up a whole new line of inquiry opened <laughs> up me. a lot of things. The case was back open, Adam. Oh, yes. When I found this out. <laughs> Lots of times. I had a both. whole new thing to Google. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> so, a magic animal that deposits gold from its rear is also <laughs> featured in the famous fairy tale Donkey Skin, in which a donkey character called Donkey Ned... Does his golden business from the rear. (laughs) Donkey Skin is a French fairy tale in verse by Charles Perrault, first published in 1695. So a good 120 odd years Mm -hmm. before Brothers Grimm. I'm not going to read you Donkey Skin because there's a Brothers Grimm story under the same ATU type. Uh So I'm going to save this gem. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the setup, like the trailer for Donkey Skin. Okay. And I'd also like to read you the stanza which introduces Donkey Ned. Oh, please do. Like, so there's a king's palace, yeah, mm-hmm. and basically this stanza sort of shows us the stables, mm-hmm. which are really lovely for all the loveliest, strongest steeds uh, in the king's stud. He's got, like, really amazing horses, but then he's also got donkey Ned. So I'm just going to – I'll read this to you. are okay. right. you ready? Yeah, yeah. Throughout the palace of this king, magnificence was everything. Great stables had been built to hold each and every breed of horse, in many sizes all, of course – comparisoned in cloth of gold. A truly striking sight was there. The place of honour was reserved for donkey Ned with wagging ear. (laughs) You think this honour undeserved? Then hear how justified it is by Ned's amazing qualities. That doesn't (laughs) write. Qualities. Nature had made the beast so pure that what he dropped was not manure, but sovereigns and gold crowns instead, imprinted with the royal head, which every morning Master Ned left for collection on his bed. Wow. So there you go. There's another fairy tale with a donkey that deposits gold from its rear. So we've talked about cannibalism, Adam. <laughs> we've talked about murder. Yeah. We've talked about infidelity, deception. Everything's come up in our fairy tale exploration so far. Donkey skin cranks the tabuometer up a notch. All I'm going to say is the setup of donkey skin is, which I've just read it to you, it's a lovely sort of rhyming, happy little yeah. playful fairy tale yeah but the setup is there's a king whose wife dies the king who's the master of donkey and in looking for someone and as fair and virtuous as his wife to remarry Mm -hmm. because he's only going to marry someone who's equal to his wife his late wife the king realizes that there's none equal to his wife except their daughter oh no thank goodness it's not the donkey (laughs) <laughs> is that worse I Actually, no I can't figure that one out so he's like oh. we're going to get married daughter no she fends oh. him off by demanding exuberant expensive dresses for a while nice. but because the king's got donkey nez he can afford to keep oh, buying no. them so very cleverly the girl's fairy godmother is French so there's a fairy godmother of course Right. suggests that she asks for a dress of donkey skin so the king skins and kills Ned and <gasps> makes a dress of Ned's skin And I'll leave it there. (gasps) That's what that's an amazing story. It's absolutely bizarre. But there you go, there's a gold depositing donkey. And that the case is closed for this story. I I mean I've got to hear that story. (laughs) I need to hear hear that story. score Score wise Adam what do you think get your head out of the greedy goat and donkey skin (laughs) back into the gold ass wishing table cudgel sack what do you think you could give it I think I might have given the game away that it's going to be quite high (laughs) that was really good it was good wasn't it I mean initially with all the threes I thought you're just sort of going through the motions. Like, we've had it a few times. It's like when there's a three, yeah. you have to just repeat it three times. But it kind of wasn't. I mean, it was in a way, but it... It, it worked. It felt fresh. It, it, it did work. <laughs> yeah. There's there's always another pie in the oven. You've sown a lot of seeds. Yeah. So you know that you're watching this one grow, but there's going to be a few more things happening. Oh, that's great. What was your, your favourite bit? The goat, I guess, was weird. <laughs> and I like the fact that it's almost like... It was all happy ever after with the family. Mm. And they just like linked arms like laughed together. And they were like, I wonder what happened to that goat. <laughs> Cuts l- to l- the goat. L- the camera yeah, like goes like up that. to the sky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like that. And then the goat's like <gasps> <gasps> looking around. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. It's kind of insane. <laughs> that is good. I'm toying in my mind whether to go 8.5 or even a 9. Wow. I think you're looking at me for confirmation. I'm not going to... You go where your heart takes you. I'm worried because that's going to be the highest one yet, isn't it? No, because I gave Hansel and Gretel 9.5. Okay. So don't worry. I'm going to just do it. I've, I'm feeling bold. I've had a beer. Nine. I would never have guessed you would go that high wow. at all. I was even worried that you wouldn't like it. No way. Because I felt it was really long and it wasn't... As a crazy ride. It's, it's the story as of the crazy. youth. No. I don't even know what I gave that. It's gonna be crime of You if gave, I gave it 8.5. Oh no! No, it's alright. Uh, look, that's our that's that's our skeleton that's in the closet. The, that's the rim. That's rim, our rim bowling rim. skeleton in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, it's we give it what we feel in the moment. Yeah. I'm gonna regret that, I'm sure, but nine. Wow. Again, I never I never have no idea. I have, never have any idea. I'm really uh, buzzing off your enthusiasm. <laughs> if sometimes the stories really come alive when we read them, and this yeah. is that example. Like, yeah, that that really came jumped off the page. It improved the experience for you, definitely. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a seven point five. What so. holds it back for you, then? I think we've had we've had the magical gifts before, so it wasn't a novel, and I don't know if it, we you know we didn't really compare this to the the knapsack, uh, the hat and the horn. No, although well, that, that Actually, would seem an obvious comparison, but <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if, uh, which is the better story. I think the the knapsack, the hat and the horn has aged well. At the time it was like, yeah, yeah, it's like a cult classic. It's come back. So I don't know. I mean, it's not as epic, but it was, you know, what I really love? I love an innkeeper. Yeah. The story of the youth had an innkeeper. Yeah. It's sort of like a halfway mark for each story. I liked it in the youth because he's like, his buddy just, it's like for exposition. The youth yeah. just went in and was like, how's your day been? And they just <laughs> chat a bit. Whereas in this, he was sort of involved in the story. I think I need a little more action, uh, a little more adventure, yeah. but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. We didn't score... We realised after we finished the episode that we didn't give the Strange Feast a score. Last time in a competition Yeah, episode. the competition episode. And I think maybe we should. Okay. It might not be a direct competitor with the other stories. No. So it's a little odd as we just have this massive epic story Yeah. to go back to the Strange Feast. But... What what score could you give the stranger? I mean, how do you score something like that? It was mad. Yeah. It was absolutely mad. It did have the greatest opening line in literature. I don't know how to score that, but I feel I like that's either have... like a five or like a nine point yes, five. Yeah, I can't tell. It's not in between. I'm just gonna give it a quick score because we don't need to ruminate. You, do it. you too go long. for it. You go first. I'm gonna give it. I'll give it a seven point five as well. I'll fling it out there. Okay. I mean, I know what you mean. I'm tempted to give it a 10 because it was yeah, just just fantastic. But um, it was also quite unsettling. <laughs> and, uh, Can you imagine a sausage running desperately down the road as an evil sausage looks out the window at it, brandishing a knife? <laughs> I'm going to give it an 8. <laughs> Come on, yeah. I was going to give it an 8 as well. Let's give All it right, an 8. That's perfect. So last week's episode, we couldn't fit in all the emails and messages that we wanted to read out. There were just too many and they were too good. Uh, We actually spent about 45 minutes recording and then we were like, we've got to stop. So we decided to just spread them out over the forthcoming episodes. We should have done it in earlier episodes, but we... To be fair, we didn't know that we'd get any messages at all. No. So, <laughs> so yeah, we d- weren't aware that, yeah. that would actually even be a problem. But it <laughs> was a good problem. A great problem. This episode's been quite long, mm-hmm. so I think we'll just do one. Just the one. We'll just do the one. Just the one. Just okay. the one. Well, in that case, I've got a lovely message for you. Oh, yeah. From Amanda Maynard, who says, My favourite story so far is The Robber Bridegroom. It's such a dark, dark story and crazy as it seems now, I first read it around age 7. Oh boy. Which that, is too that's way too young. Way too young for that sort of nonsense. <laughs> I think this is what led me to be such a fan of all things horror. Thank you so much for making this podcast. All of these stories are dear to my heart and hence you gentlemen are too. Oh that's sweet. Keep Aww. up the excellent work. It's very sweet. Thank you very much Amanda and I yeah, I hope you're okay. Yeah, I hope the you're the not too psychologically damaged from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant, so we'll read out some more messages next time. Next up, what have we got, Adam? He doesn't know. We've got Thumbling as Journeyman. (laughs) Thumbling as Journeyman! (laughs) In the house! Adam has to say that like it's a football chant. (laughs) Seriously. Every time. Is that not an amazing uh, book title? Let's find out what wacky adventures he (gasps) gets up to. can't wait. Keep it grim. Stay safe. (laughs) Have a lovely week. We'll be back in two weeks, by the way. We had an episode out last week because it was just a little extra special episode and yeah. now we're, we're back to our regular. Back to our two-weekly turnaround. That's so, the uh, one. See you then. See you next time. Bye. Bye. You can email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at grimreadingpod. Also on Instagram and Facebook, grimreading. You can find us on podbean, podbean.com, slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.